0: Baddies, I'm feeling pretty good. I think I finally kicked this flu that started as an upper respiratory infection. That started as a sinus infection, that gave me a really wild, like six eight weeks where I was just not feeling well. But I feel pretty good. It's since like Saturday, Sunday, today's Monday. I today Monday. Today's Tuesday. <laughs> I don't know what day it is. Story of my life. Um, I I think I've said this before, but when you are self-employed or you're a freelancer, you just vaguely have an idea of what day it is and what's going on. Um, I only get this podcast out every Wednesday because, I don't know, like the grace of goddesses themselves. <laughs> but yeah, I never know what day it is. But anyway, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. I've been feeling really good. Today I woke up, I feel great. Um, the temperature has dropped to under 40 degrees and I am one to go out and like a dress and some furry boots and be like, it's fine, my legs don't get cold. <laughs> So we'll see what happens, but honestly, I feel great, and oh, and I know you don't get sick from being out in the cold, it's bacteria and germs and viruses, but I feel like if you have a little something brewing in your system, and you go outside in the cold, and you're just like, well, I'm just going to stay out here, (laughs) and just like embrace the wind and see what happens, you can exacerbate it, so that's what I meant by that, so of course, let's cover up, but also have correct scientific knowledge on how germs and viruses Bread, why am I talking like I am a doctor? Or is I, I'm not. I heal everything with like honey. <laughs> what am I talking about? But yeah, it, the temperature has dropped, so I am being a little more cautious about how I go outside and put on proper clothes for once in my life. But I feel much better, and I thank you all so much for sending all of your good vibes and your well wishes while I was really sick, and for sticking it out with me through that Macbeth episode. <laughs> oh shoot! I said I wasn't gonna say it. <laughs> I was like, I'm not going to say the Scottish play because I don't want to curse myself again. Well, here we go. It's fine. It's, you know, most curses are mostly like if you believe in them, then you feed into them and stuff. So I just don't believe in it. It's fine. <laughs> but I am really glad that y'all stuck it out for the Scottish play episode and the discussion of the witches and discussing of double, double, toilet, and trouble and potions and all that stuff we're going to get into today. Um, I really like that episode. I mean, <laughs> I was listening back and I was like, what the hell are you talking about? You crazy... Fever-having person, but I really liked it in totality. I thought it was something interesting to dive into. I definitely want to do more like digging into history and digging into literature, and I got some good feedback on it, so I really hope you enjoyed it. But we're going to be more on our regularly scheduled witchcraft this week. And oh, by the way, welcome to Vow Witch Podcast, the podcast where we are going to get our witch shit together once all at a time. I mean, we have to at this point because we've almost had this podcast for a year, and it's almost twenty (laughs) twenty. So, not only is the end of the year, it's the end of the decade. So, we really got to get our own shit together now. But, you know, we've been doing our work for really 11 months now, you know, give or take a few weeks that we had to miss for whatever reason. And I think our journey has been amazing. I think our growth has been immense and tremendous. And I'm so proud of all of you. And, you know, I think, has anyone else felt like going into Yule and going into winter solstice that everything's ramping up a little bit? Like, has anyone been feeling extra powerful lately? I'm starting to have that thing again where I have instant manifestation. Well, not, well, hmm, yeah, sort of instant manifestation, but I'm seeing things happen within hours of me thinking it or within a few days. So it's not just like, I mean, I've been seeing some really big things happen too, but it's like, I'm not actively manifesting it. I'm not sitting with a candle and doing any spells. I mean, at best I'm using, um, I'm smudging and, you know, just kind of speaking intentions out loud and that's it. I'm not even being very specific about it. I'm like, I want the old in with the new, or <laughs> I know very original, or, you know, just really asking my ancestors to be present in this time. I've been feeling really pulled to them lately and vice versa. But yeah, I'm not saying like, I want this and this and this and this and this needs to happen and this needs to happen and this needs to happen. I will just have like a passing thought, and then it will happen. Like for example, I'm doing a campaign with an airline uh, to round out the year, and one of the things that came in the box they sent me was one of those Instax camera, Instax cameras. I don't know how to say it. Instax. I think it's basically a Polaroid camera, but like you know, the cool new hipster version. You've you've seen them. Um, and I was I don't even know what I was doing the other day. I think I was just walking through my house, like man, I really want one of those cameras. Like. I'm not going to buy it because I just bought an iPhone 11 and that cost $1 billion. But I'll just, I don't know, like maybe I'll add it, put it on my Christmas list. And then two days later, I opened this box from the airline and it was in there. And I was like, what? What? (laughs) Also, I want a million (laughs) dollars. Also, Alexander Skarsgård, like what's going on? So yeah, it's been one of those periods where I'm seeing things happen kind of instantaneously. In fact, I was also, listen y'all, don't, I know I sounded crazy last week. Do not sleep on the starlight, star bright spell because it's real. It is so real. I got in my car the other day, like uh, Sunday, I think it was Sunday, and I turned around and I don't know, the star was like, hey girl, over here. So I turned around and I saw the single star. I'm almost certain it was the one same star I saw last time. I mean, is that possible? There's what, a trillion, billion, million stars in the sky, so probably not, but it felt familiar. You know what I mean? And so I did my Starlight, Starbright speech, and I, this was something really petty, but I just wanted this person to uh, message me, and I hadn't heard from them in a little bit, and I was like, all right, I'm like come on, send me a text or something. And then it happens. I hadn't heard from them in like two weeks, and then that night it happens. So don't sleep on the Starlight, Starbright, first star I see tonight spell, because it will move mountains. <laughs> but yeah, it's just this period of I think something, and it happens. I want something and it happens and I think it really is all ramping up because we're getting towards the winter solstice and we're going to have the longest night of the year. You know, we're it's just such a magical day and it's so ruled by the moon in the way that I think about the summer solstice being so ruled by the sun because that's our longest day of the year. And so I would really 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 focus on manifesting right now and I would really really focus on dreams right now. I actually scolded myself this morning because I I woke up and I was like having intense real life dreams. It wasn't like, oh, I um, went to the moon and turns out it is made of cheese and then I kissed an alien, (laughs) you know, like just crazy stuff like that. I was having premonition, I'm almost certain. And I woke up and as always, as most of us do, I'm sure I grabbed my phone and I picked it up and went to like my email or something and it just it just goes away. You know, it's like when you blow on a dandelion and all of the seeds disperse, it just dispersed from my mind because I immediately tuned into something else. So I scolded myself. I was like, do not do that because there's probably really important information in there. And now it's gone or it's not gone, but it's back in the recesses of your mind because you want to check your email dummy. Like take a second, marinate in the dream that you were having and then write it down. I have three notebooks next to my bed with a pin stacked on top. And what do I do? (laughs) I never do my dream journal. So yeah, right now, really be conscious of, again, not even active manifestation, but just what you are thinking and what you are speaking and what you are writing, because it's coming true. I mean, maybe that hasn't been quite y'all's experience, but for me, it's like, it always takes a couple times for it to happen where I'm like, oh wait, I just thought about that and here it is. Uh-oh. What other things have I been thinking about? Or like, okay, well, let me harness that energy now. So be really cognizant of that. And be really cognizant of your dreams because you know, we are entering this longest night. We are entering this period that is like ruled by the crone and there's so many messages there and there's so much wisdom there. And I feel like the things, you know, I always talk about this. The things that we plant in the winter even though we think of it as a time of like We're really still indoors. We're still enjoying the fruits of our labor and the harvest and we're eating and we're drinking and we're celebrating and being married. You know, this is still the time period where I like to plant all of my seeds for the time to come, you know, going into the next year, going into the next decade, going into the next month, the week, you know, whatever it is. I love winter for doing my, I call it like inside work because I'm stuck inside the house so I have to work on things. It's too cold. It's too rainy. It's too snowy, too windy to go outside. As I said, I don't wear pants or well... Yeah, I don't wear pants. <laughs> I sent my friends a picture um, of a shoot I did. And I had on leggings and they were all like, oh my God, when did you get leggings? And I was like, "We, I can't, don't do this right now. I can't start with all of you. But yeah, I just stay inside the house. I draw a warm bath. I have apple cider. More on our correspondences with the winter solstice in a second. And this is the time I really like to get down to work. It's not just being indoors and, you know, reaping the benefits of our harvest and celebrating with each other. But it really is like setting your intention and your manifestations and your mind and your spirit and your body for everything you want to come when you can go out and be in that fresh world again. So yeah, definitely manifestations and and it will, I feel like it'll be small things in this time period. Um, you know, even just test it out a little bit. Do the starlight, star, light, star bright, see what happens. A spell never hurts. You know, star power never hurts. The moon never hurts. Well, mm, <laughs> you know, we have the contentious relationship with the moon sometimes because she's our mom and sometimes she knows better, but we want to fight with her. But yeah, I would start with just something small and see, you know, it's, I'm talking about this right now and I'm hearing like the ringing of a bell, like the dinging of the bell, like even how we have on like our Yule altar and, um, and like decorations for our Yule trees and things like that. And I think... I think the message that I'm trying to get right now is like everything is going to be as clear as a bell. Anything that you put out there, what you're asking for, like the clarity in that, it's going to come through clear as a bell. I don't know. It's like, <laughs> it's ringing in my ear. It's a little distracting. But yeah, really focus on clarity. It's going, yeah, oh, I keep hearing it and I'm seeing it. It's like clanking, clanking and it's, it, yeah, it's just clarity. It's ringing like a bell, ringing like a bell, ringing like a bell. And so it's going to be clear. So anything you're working on manifesting, anything that you're dreaming about, there's going to be so much clarity in those dreams. Write them down. Don't be an ass like me and pick up your and be like, what's going on on Facebook? <laughs> you know? Take a minute and just, why don't, hey, why don't you just take a minute and why don't you just look at uh, your dream journal that has been next to your bed and covered a layer of dust like mine and why don't you write it down instead of... You know, something else that's been happening a lot. And I think the dreams are so important, again, because we're entering the longest night and all of this darkness and being ruled by the moon, all of these things, you know. And something else that I noticed that I have been having a lot of not deja... <coughs> wow, by voice. Not deja vu, but a lot of... Oh, I I knew this was coming. I This is all very familiar. I am in a space where I'm recognizing everything, but... Because I didn't pay attention to those dreams I was having perhaps last year at this time or the year before, and because I didn't keep track of them, I didn't write them down, I have no idea what's coming next. So there are situations I'm finding myself in currently that I would like to not go into blindly because they're kind of big deals, and I don't want to say... I just don't want to go down, you know, the wrong path in these two paths that have diverged. And <laughs> I don't want to be like, "Oh no, I went down the one where it's actually like brambly forest and uh, the lugaroos down there and he's trying to chase me and eat me." <laughs> I should have gone down the one that was like sunshine and bunnies and light and you know, there's a really good bottle of champagne at the end if you get there. No, like I I am kind of at these different divergent points in my life and had I written it down, had I examined my dreams, it wouldn't be right now me getting these glimpses of, oh, this might happen, or this might happen, but just know you knew this was going to happen, but since you were a bad witch and you didn't pay attention and write down anything, now you don't know what's going to go. So I mean, good luck, girl. <laughs> That's happening to me a lot. So yeah, just go back. And I don't know, maybe y'all are hearing that ringing too, because it's still, it's in my right ear, which is also my ear that, or your right side is also that the side, or I mean, not for everyone, but the side for me that's associated with Archangel Gabriel. So I think he's ringing the bell in my ear. <laughs> Honestly, he likes to show up when I record anyway. Um, but yeah, it's it's clarity. It's going to be the clarity of your manifestations, the clarity of your dreams, and make note of all of these things. You know, we have grimoires for a reason. Where is mine? I still don't know. Maybe I should just start doing one to kick off this next phase. But yeah, focus on clarity because the winter solstice is going to bring us magic, you know, for lack of a better word. I mean, it is the best word, but also without having to like have all of these flowery explanations of why it's such an amazing time. It is full of magic. It is steeped with magic. It is ruled by the crone. It is ruled by the moon. The moon is our most magical mother. And they all are really pulling through to make magic happen for us. You know, I'm also seeing in my mind right now is like, Oh, what is this coming from? I, it's from a movie. Everything. Everything I ever talk about is from a movie or a TV show. Also, shout out to the people that last week they knew that I was talking about Hercules, where, where the goddesses were like sharing the one eye and um, or goddesses, the witches were sharing one eye, and <clears throat> are they witches? The fates. The three sisters. They're all sharing one eye and they're cutting the um the fate cord. So shout out to everyone that was like, Are you talking about Hercules? Because yes, I was. But yeah. I can't remember what movie or TV show this is from, but it's like someone has a big fairy tale book open and then they're sprinkling magic dust onto it from something that looks like one of those old school like salt shakers or powdered sugar shakers that they have in, I was supposed to say in like 50s restaurants. How would any of us know what they had in 50s restaurants? (laughs) But if you've ever been to Louisiana in particular, they always have them at beignet restaurants and that's where the... Powder sugar is that you sprinkle all into your peignets when they're already covered in amount of sugar, but you can never have too much. I'm seeing that in my mind. It's like they're sprinkling whoever this magical creature is and this thing that I am barely referencing, um, they're sprinkling like fairy dust or like magic powder over a book that's open. Anyone? I know someone's screaming it at me in their car right now. But yeah, that's what I'm picturing. Like all of our crown goddesses in the moon, they're just sprinkling moon dust, you know, magic dust all over us right now. So let's absorb it and let's take it in. And let's focus on all the magic we can write right now we can make right now, like plant those seeds, manifest intentions, candles, potions, lotions, rituals, uh oils, cookie, like recipe, whatever it is, however you know g- going into uh, uh, uh that thing I hate doing actual astral projecting, however you manifest your magic however you manifest your magic. it's just sprinkled with a little a little extra goodness right now, so yeah, let's definitely embrace it. And let's also talk about Yule. So I'm not gonna start with the whole thing about Yule versus Christmas, <laughs> but I will say they are very similar and there's a reason they are very similar. And one definitely definitely blended and bled a little bit into the other to make it, let's say a bit more acceptable to a certain group of people that say another certain group of people were trying to convert to this new religion, right? So I mean, yeah, if you look at the Christmas story, and you're looking at the nativity, and all these animals that are present in the time of year that, you know, the star would have been in the sky that would have led the three wise men, that's not things that are present in the wintertime. They're present in the spring. But it might make the, a new religion or a religion you're trying to spread a little easier to take in doses for people that already practice their own paganism. If you are willing to kind of mishmash, 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 <laughs> <sorry>. <laughs> mishmash, is that a word? You know, just mash it all together. So that's why we do see these really intense similarities between the two because they are of each other. I mean, you we still use Yule as a reference all the time. Yule tide, the Yule log, like these are still very prominent Christian, well, quote-unquote Christmas traditions, you know. But all that being said, you can absolutely celebrate Yule without any kind of Christian influences, uh, you know, because it's not a Christian holiday. It's a pagan holiday. It is a Wiccan holiday. It is a witchcraft holiday. It is, it's not about anything else that is the reason for the season that we always hear about. So yeah, let's talk about the ways that you can celebrate Yule because this is actually, God, you know, Samhain's so good, and we all love it so much, but I've always been really fond of Yule, I think, because it is such of that manifesting time that I was talking about, and also, I do like finality. I like that when we are getting into Yule and the winter solstice, even though it's the true beginning of winter, even though it's been looking like winter all over the place already, obviously, it's is like we're ending the year now. Like it's everything that we've done, we can be like, okay, cool, let's put a bow on that and then let's start fresh. And I love a fresh start and I love finality. So I think that's why I really do appreciate Yule on top of the fact that I love Yule time food. I can't wait for apple cider to come back. I love gingerbread. Eggnog is, listen, I think I talked about this in one episode, but like I will fight you about eggnog. I think it's delicious and I'm willing to die on that cross. You know, I think it's so good. I can't wait for eggnog to hit the shelves. I even make it myself and I don't even like cooking that much. I mean, I do it, but I don't enjoy it that much. But yeah, I think it's partly the food. (laughs) Food does play a big uh, role in the decisions that I make just generally in life. But yeah, I think Yule's amazing because it is warm and it's spirited and it's vibrant and you manifest. But in all of that, there's also an ending that's certain. And from that ending, you do get this new, beautiful beginning. So yeah, I love Yule. And yeah, so let's talk about how we can celebrate it. Of course, you can make an altar. I think that's always the first thing we think about is which is when we're ready to celebrate another Sabbath. Um, I have not... (sighs) going to be totally honest, my Samhain altar is still up <laughs> because literally I wasn't even here for Samhain. I was in Bali and then Australia. And then, you know, I got really sick and then I was okay. And then I got really sick again. And I was supposed to be trying. Just cuckoo bananas times as we know. So my Samhain altar is still up, but I actually have a holly tree right outside of my house. Did I ever mention this before? That's the thing. when you get to almost like a year of episodes, you're like, have I said this? And it kills me when y'all post stuff in the Facebook group and we'll be like, oh, Mickey, like when you said this, that happened to me too. And I'm like, oh, did I say that? (laughs) I know I've never said anything just insane on here, but I'm like, oh, I'm glad. Okay, I shared that. I'm really glad I did say that. That's a good story. But um, yeah, there's a holly tree right outside of my house and it has little red berries on it, obviously. And I was so, like, here comes witch kid's story. I was so obsessed with it as a kid. I remember I would just pluck the berries off of it and, like, open them up and examine it. But I do remember even from being, like, four and five years old. This is one of my first memories, actually, is that my mom and my brother both were like, you cannot eat the berries on this tree. They're poisonous. And I was like, I mean, we'll see. (laughs) But I always remember because you can kind of see it from... Like the backyard. So I was where I would see birds on there, like picking the berries off. And I was like, I mean, the birds are dead. So how poisonous can it be? But <laughs> they're always like, don't eat it. But I remember I would just pluck them and pluck them and pluck them and open them up and smell them and rub them between my fingers until they were mush. I was so obsessed with that holly tree. So I'm going to go and cut um, some sprigs of holly and collect some of the berries and kind of clear off my altar a little bit from the and vibes and try to yule it up a little bit more. But it just so happens that it's really easy for me to do that, which is great because I'm a bad witch and I'm lazy and I can just go right outside and get holly for myself. Um, in fact... (laughs) Y'all remember that commercial in like the late 80s, early 90s, where there was a baby doll that you could feed it and it would eat. And then I think it would go to the bathroom too, which I wanted so badly as a kid. The ways that we teach like domesticity and motherhood to little girls just from birth is insane. And I'm glad I kind of realized that wasn't for me before it was too late because I was obsessed with baby dolls when I was little. But um, yeah, it had these cherries that would eat and you would put the spoon This is such a long explanation for no reason. You would put the spoon into this like little cherries jar and three little red balls would come out on the spoon and then you put it in the baby's mouth and it would like suck the cherries up. To this day, I'm like, how did they, that's the, is that magic? Was that company made with witchcraft? How did that work? I thought it was like the coolest thing, but that's why I always wanted to go eat the hollies off of the tree because they looked exactly like the little cherries that the baby doll ate. Anyway. So yeah, if you have any holly trees around your house, or if you're bringing any holly in to add to your altar or to make a Yule wreaths with, uh, make sure you let your kids know they can't ingest them. (laughs) Even though that commercial does not air anymore, I'm almost certain, uh, unless you see one of those like BuzzFeed Rewind articles or listicles or whatever they're called. Um, the red is very enticing and kind of the roundness and the plumpness of it. Just like I talk about how I like to put crystals on my tongue and I feel a lot of witchcrafty kind of instincts and, um, impulses by putting things in my mouth. I want to do that with holly berries. So just be warned, <laughs> don't let your kids do that. And in fact, I would almost also, you know, be careful with bringing holly around any kids because it does tend to have kind of pointed sharp edges, you know, little kids, little baby fingers, they're sensitive and they're thin and... You don't want them to, like, prick themselves or anything. But, yeah, I'm going to add holly to mine. Holly is a great thing to add to your Yule art altar. Also, um, wreaths. I would really focus on making wreaths for Yule, even though, even though it's in, like, three days. Uh, you might not have that much time. But, you know, uh, al- alters. Wreaths are such a great thing, too, because you can hang them around the house. While your altar is, like, a stationary thing. Although, you can have different altars around the house. It's something that you can't really move that much you know it has to kind of stay in its own place where you can put a wreath on your front door on your back door on your mailbox and depending on what you put on it it can add more protection it can attract more abundance it can um you know kind of just inspire feelings of love and fertility that for everyone that interacts with it so yeah i really love the concept of wreaths and obviously that is more from the pagan tradition of yule but we definitely adopted it into the christmas christmas tradition as well so if you want to do a wreath or uh, just want to add it to your altar, you can focus on Holly, like I said, um, Ivy, um, pine cones. I love pine cones. I don't know why. Again, I think it's because once again, witch kid memory when I was and which mom memory who's in denial about being a witch. When I was little in my Girl Scout troop every Christmas, we would get pine cones and get glue and decorate the pine cones with like sequins and glitter and beads and things like that. Like, which is very pagany, if you ask me. It's, it's not very Christmas feeling, so I think as a result, I still really enjoy pine cones, which once again have very sharp little edges and <laughs> be careful with your kids. Why is everything associated with you kind of sharp and dangerous? Anyway, those little baby pine cones too—they're always like really good additions to different and alters. They don't take up so much space, you know. Um, of course, mistletoe. Mistletoe has way more than just kind of our societal tradition of kissing underneath it. It represents all kinds of fertility, which is why we are led to kissing underneath it. So like hubba hubba, watch out for that mistletoe. if You're not trying to get caught up. Poinsettias, which also are um, poisonous. Also another flower. I always be like, what if I just like nibbled on it a little bit? So don't do that. But poinsettias are a gorgeous, gorgeous addition. Um, rosemary, sage, just, you know, thinking of like your winter cold weather plants there's something I'm forgetting. I said holly, I said ivy. Oh, and uh, like juniper. I love juniper or uh, even a little cinnamon. You know, cinnamon is kind of one of those seasonal, everything starts to just smell like cinnamon. There's always cinnamon scented pine cones. So even if you can't get the fresh ones, it's always great to be able to go to nature and kind of like pluck out the things you want and put it in this hand woven basket that you made yourself while setting your intention. But, you know, we don't ha- all have time for that. We don't all have the inclination for that. So like Ina Garten says, store-bought is fine. <laughs> you know, so It's okay that you have – it's ideal that you want to add natural elements, but it's okay if you can't always do that. You know, you can't always just go out and pluck everything yourself. So, yeah, definitely focus on that for your wreath. Um And then I also really love ribbons and kind of like tulle materials for you all. It's the same thing for Christmas, why we wrap up our gifts with presents and we present them in a certain way. So definitely I would add like ribbons or just a different kind of, of, it's kind of hard to explain, like a frothy, pretty, spangly material to your altar just to liven it up and it's about celebrating the end of the year, you know, and celebrating that winter solstice. And that's another thing, you can weave that same kind of uh, material and that same kind of ribbon around your wreath. I gotta uh, go find my wreath. Side note, I have to go find mine. Um, also for your altar, you can <clears throat> do uh candles always, of course. I have seen like old school wreaths that have candles in them. I'm afraid I would light them up and then light my front door on fire and then everything would go with it, which is, you know, fires are already more likely to happen during the wintertime because we are trying to keep ourselves warm in various forms. So maybe don't do it that way. You know, I'm very like particular about fire safety and candle safety anyway, but definitely for your altar. um, Look for like your red and green candles. Again, something that comes from Yule that's been borrowed out. Your gold candles, uh, white candles, silver candles, silver and gold are actually a really good combination for your Yule altar. But red and green, you know, that's, you know, that's a classic. You can't go wrong with that either. I do tend to, now that I'm thinking about it, even I'm looking at my Samhain altar that's still up and the cloth that I have is black, silver, and gold. It's something about those metallics. It just feels a little more, what's the right word? I want to say it feels like royalty, but that's not what I mean. <laughs> I just mean that it, it gives the altar and it gives my practice and it gives me a feeling of just vibrating at the highest level because it's silver and gold. And these are like these really powerful metallics and these, these metallics and these materials, these um, these metals that have been like revered all throughout history. So I like to incorporate those colors where I can. Does that make sense? I, yeah. So when I switch out my candles, which (laughs) will be while you're listening to this podcast tomorrow, I'm going to go for the silver and gold and probably skip over the red and green. Also, I think red and green clash. I think I've said that before. I just don't enjoy them together, but that's personal preference. Um, you can also adding in crystals, of course, and swapping out your crystals for what you're focused on with your Eagle Altar. Also, I've never seen anyone add crystals into their wreath, but I think that would be pretty cool. I don't know. You're probably like, yeah, girl, it's all over Pinterest. People do it every year, <laughs> but I haven't seen it. So that might be something I'm going to do to uh, spruce up mine. But yeah, your bloodstones, your, uh, let <laughs> me depending on how you're, you're killing it this year, your emeralds, your garnets, you know, those really rich, lush red and green stones, um, a clear quartz, a moonstone. Cause again, like our winter so winter solstice, uh, association. <laughs> I was having so much trouble with that, with the moon herself. Um, and especially because it is so much connected to the crone goddess. You want to think about stones that represent or work with or honor those particular goddesses. So, Um, Lilith is definitely one that you can kind of honor with your altar or, you know, just call on during this time period. Um, Sedna, who I think showed up in one of our goddess episodes. She is an Inuit goddess of life and death. Is she Inuit? I'm almost, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure she's Inuit. Um, but I'm, and I'm pretty sure she showed up. Let me know. Y'all remember these episodes much better than I do. I'll be honest. Um, Breed, uh, Demeter, um, Saradwen, who else, Aphrodite, uh, Ishtar, Isis, Hathor is not a, no, Hathor is a mother. Um, uh, uh, Who am I forgetting? Oh, Hecate, okay, of course. So let me do a little side note here just real quick. I have for the past, maybe since I got sick really, like past six, eight weeks, have been really feeling... Like, I need to do a full episode on Hecate. And also, let me say this as another side note to my side note. How do you pronounce her name? Because I've always said Hecate. I have heard about five different variations. Um, Hecate, 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 Ecate, and Ekati. I've heard these at least five different variations. I've always just said Hecate because, like I said, I will see something and be like, Phonetically, this is what makes sense to me. But I am curious how you all pronounce her name. And I definitely want to know kind of like the common pronunciation before I do a whole episode on her. But yeah, she's been kind of been in the back of my mind for a while. And I've been kind of feeling her tap on my shoulder and be like, I want to talk. And I wasn't in your goddess deck. She's not in the goddess deck. And I want to talk. And I want to be heard. So, uh, and not I'm making it sound like she's like holding a bat in her hand and like threatening me with it and like be like, yeah, girl, I want to talk. No, I just feel like she wants to be heard by all of you. So um, yeah, I've been thinking about doing a full length episode on her. So kind of keep uh, an eye out for that into this year, beginning of next. But yeah, tell me how you pronounce her name because I don't want to go through a whole time being like, heck which is how I have always known it to be pronounced. And you're like, girl. Ecate, like, what are you doing with your life? But obviously she is like the crone goddess. So definitely you would want to, um, you know, do a crystal for her or uh, some other kind of totem or some other kind of placement for her on your altar. What else? Oh, wait. And also she's in the Scottish play. I almost said the name again. She's in the Scottish play. And she appears to the three witches in, I think it is an act Four, scene one, double, double, toil and trouble act. Where um she's like, hey, what are you doing with lead character? Because I have plans for him myself. And there's just... There is this, like, acknowledgement of Shakespeare of how powerful Hecate is. Or I think he... I think in Shakespeare it's pronounced Hecate. I think it is pronounced Hecate in the Shakespearean text. It's been a while, again, like, since I've seen that performed Ugh, for sure. And also... You know, when you watch a theater company perform something, there are just vast variations to everything you're going to see. When I was going back and watching Double, Double, Toil and Trouble, like different variations of it to see how much I, the original text I wanted to include, because I told you I had to cut out that section that is uh, not cool in 2019. Uh, the the variations that I saw, some were brilliant and some I was like, this is the most annoying thing I've ever seen in my entire life. I need theater people to like bring it down a notch. I'm saying that as someone who was a dance person and also a vocal performer. so. uh I was also very annoying. So no hate in my heart for theater people, but you know, it could be a little extra sometimes. But yeah, um, Hecate shows up in in a Scottish play. And I almost, almost want to see, that was another sign where I was like, okay, she's trying to say something to me and she's trying to be heard. And I almost brought her up, but then I was like, I don't want to just say, oh, and then Hecate shows up on stage and says this. And then that's it. Like I, I want to do it with like all respect and knowledge due. So, but yeah, in the Scottish play, there is, like Shakespeare wasn't, I told y'all Shakespeare's a witch, but you know, Shakespeare was in the know enough and her presence and her influence and her, her story and her legend is so looming that like, even in this play that's written in 1604, uh, was it 1604? I think, yeah, in 1604, like she's still this huge looming presence. So yeah, that's why I, I want to do a full episode but you know let me know if you'd like that and also let me know about the pronunciation thing because I want to make sure it's like when I try to say lucina which I still can't say and I like how I try to say yule and I'm still can't really wrap my mouth around that word even though it's like common lexicon okay so uh we got our crystals we got our wreaths you know wreaths are important too because they form the circle it's like the beginning and the end but it's constant and continuous that's like our wheel you know yule also translates to wheel and I also saw in some translations people believe that it it means jolly and I mean you know the concept of like jolliness is something that is so assigned and joyful and jolly and all these things is so assigned to Christmas so if there's another correlation or there's another correlation if you're looking for one um anything else oh <laughs> the food obviously the most important part so your foods when you are at your altar if you want to leave a food offering or if you want to, you know, really just focus on making meals of gathering for your coven, or if you're just practicing by yourself, these are still the foods that are aligned with you and help you with the celebration. So you have apple cider, of course, my favorite. Um, anything made with cinnamon. Anything. A cinnamon tea, a cinnamon cake, a cinnamon loaf, uh, eggnog with cinnamon. <laughs> eggnog with whiskey, <laughs> you know, if you're like me. Um, gingerbread, mule, mule. Oh, I've always had a hard time with this word. Muled wine, mold wine, m u l l e d. You know what I'm trying to say. Um, and you know, with the orange slice and the cinnamon stick again in there. Um, molasses cookies. If you're in the South, especially like South Louisiana, that's something we've always used for a little for l o l for l o l for yule. Um, anything that really. You have like the cloves, the cardamom, the cinnamon, anything that you can add a little spice to as part of kind of that celebratory, revelatory time of Yule. Um, your Yule log and not your literal Yule, lol, <laughs> Yule log that you you can actually, okay, so I didn't know this for like the longest time. You can actually get a log as in a log of nature. And you can decorate it in the same way that you would decorate your wreath. And that can become like a centerpiece for your home or for your altar or for your practice or just something to bring in to like celebrate Yule and to have reference for it in your celebration. I always knew Yule log as the food. <laughs> so of course you can find a Yule log recipe. In fact, if anyone has a really good one, because like I said, I'm not a kitchen witch, um, please share it with the group and, uh, and sh- show us how to make it. I would love that. I don't even think I've ever... Had Yule log. You know, I grew up in a big Creole family. We just eat different things. We, just, we don't even really do like the pumpkin pie and all of that. Like, we live a very, except for me and my dedication to eggnog at all times, we just make different shit. It's just so different, in South Louisiana. It's a different culture. Um, But yeah, if you have a good Yule log recipe, if you don't want to make a tangible, actual of the woods Yule log <laughs> with flowers and pine cones and, uh, and holly berries and ivy and sprigs of whatever and all that, then I would love if you would share that with us. I would really, really appreciate that. If no one has one, I'll try to go just find an easy one on the internet. I mean, we could all make it together and post our pictures. That's not your homework. That's just, let's see if Mickey can ever figure out how to cook anything by herself. Also, card readings, whether you're solitary and you're practicing by yourself, do a reading for yourself, do a spread and see where you are presently and what is coming for you. Again, because it's such a magical, just sprinkled with moon dust and stardust time, I think it's even more ripe for revelations, especially if you use a goddess deck like I do. And, you know, you might see a lot more of the crone goddesses popping up. And today <laughs> they always have some messages for all of us. In fact, I, yeah, I can, that bell is starting to ring in my ear again. It's not ringing my, you know what I mean? It's not that my ears are ringing. It's that I can hear a bell clanging in my ear. So as soon as I'm done recording, I'm going to do a reading for myself. Because you know, they, they are out here trying to tell me something. Um, and this is also a really good time. I think I said this with Salwyn and with, uh, the other Sabbaths, but it's a good time to just offer a reading to someone else. It doesn't always have to be that you need to be paid for your skills and your gifts. You know, that's great that we make money that way as witches. And I think that's fair. And I think that you give your time and energy to someone, you should be compensated for it. But it's also really nice to do it in a charitable sense. Not everyone can afford it. Not everyone wants to pay for it because they've never experienced it before and there are so many people out there that are fraudulent that you know they're they are super hesitant to hand over their hard-earned money in this crazy economy where capitalism is literally killing us and you know for something that could be totally false and fake and they get nothing out of it so you know offer it to someone that may have been curious it doesn't be a full reading from the depths of your spirit and your gift but just to let them know that magic is real and that your magic is real and witchcraft is real and we're real people out here. And it's not always just like, I need to be paid for my time. And trust me as an influencer, I am a big proponent of, I need to be paid for my time. <laughs> like I'll work for free, but it always, you know, for all of that, even with my real life job, I always am donating makeup. I'm donating clothes. I'm doing whatever, you know, that I just don't need. I don't need that much stuff. And same thing with the card readings. I will, Donate them to people. I will give them out to people because it's, you know, it's the the spirit of the season. <laughs> so definitely always do them for other people. Do it for yourself. Um, what else? Oh, I do have one ritual that I want y'all to do. So I mean, it's a common theme on this podcast about manifesting and setting your intentions. I want you, when you can, if you can, on the twenty first, to sit down with a single burning white candle or a single burning uh, silver candle and a hunk of moonstone if you have it on you and a little bit of uh, sea salt just for cleansing if you have it on you and I want you to sit and focus and I want you to write what you want to manifest in 2020. I know it is very easy to get to the 31st and be like, shit, I don't have any resolutions. I don't have anything I want to manifest. I've set no intentions. What am I going to do? It's the same thing like with a manifestation box. It has to marinate. Sometimes it's not instantaneous like I've been experiencing. It has to marinate. It has to grow. And sometimes it will take years to come to fruition. And like I said, I have been seeing some things come to fruition that I was writing out two and three years ago. And I kind of forgot about them along the way. Well, not forgot, but I got... I adjusted my expectations to what was happening as opposed to what I really wanted. And now that things are starting to happen that I wanted and I asked for and I manifested and I set the intention for and I cast the spell for, I'm like, oh, right. Uh, I just had to be a little patient. And as I said a million times, the universe is always trying to teach me patience and I am just not committed to learning it. But yeah, one candle, a little uh, sea salt sprinkled around and a hunk of moonstone if you got it. If you don't have moonstone, go with a uh, clear quartz. We don't have that. Go with citrine. You gotta have one of those three, right? Like <laughs> those are the most popular ones. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't even say a hunk of amethyst. It's really gotta be. I'd really recommend one of those three. Uh, and just write down what you want to manifest in 2020. I want you to take a conscious second. This isn't your homework. I want you to take a conscious second and be present and. Say, yeah, this is what I want. This is what I'm focused on. This is what I'm manifesting manifesting for myself. And more than anything else, this is what I deserve. This is what all of this work has been for. And I've done so much. Even if you've only been with me for like one episode now, you've done a little bit of something. You've done some work, you know? You've done at least an hour and a half because I never stop talking (laughs) of witchcraft and work. And so yeah, sit down. Like I said, there's extra magic that day. The moon is really watching over us. I want you to connect in with that moonstone if you can and light that candle and start manifesting. And this isn't going to, well, I'm never going to tell you 100%. Like, you have to manifest this way. But I would not focus on my small manifestations in this time. I would focus on my 2020 manifestations, my manifestations for the year, for the decade to come. Because, you know, we're we're going into, like, a new 10-year period, but I swear it's going to be over. Like, we're going to look up and be like, oh, it's time for me to do my 2030 (laughs) manifestations, you know? So don't be afraid to ask for those big ticket items and sit down with that ritual and do that on winter winter solstice, Yule. And uh, yeah, that was my other thing that I wanted to make sure I said. So let's move into our potions, finally. But first we have to do our Patreon shout outs, and then I'm going to tell y'all how to be beautiful now that you're not already, and how to attract love in your life, not that you don't already have it, and how to get more money, because we could all use it. And <laughs> Oh, and then I have a very special bath recipe for you, too, because we are bath-hive on this podcast, as you know. But yeah, let's get to our Patreon shout-outs. And as always, an extra special thank you to our patrons, and especially an extra special thank you, because it's the holidays, and money can be really tight, and it's a really stressful time, and you could be doing anything with your money, but you choose to support this podcast, and that is... So kind of you and so sweet, and it really makes me, like, want to cry because it's just you don't have to and you choose to do it, and I really, really appreciate that. So thank you to our two new patrons, who are Megan and Ashley, and then to our returning patrons, Maria, Crystal, Maya, Aurora, Cassandra, Celine, Victoria, Adam, Brandy, Bren, Kelly, Kara, Alicia, Ashley, Emily, Nolling, Bree, Heidi, Katrina, Lena, Jennifer, Ashley, Vanessa, Sasha, Brett... Sorry, I have to take my breath. <laughs> Amber, Elizabeth, Teresa, Alexis, Aaron, Carla, Shannon, and Amanda. Really, y'all are dope. I appreciate it so much. I appreciate the Teespring orders. Oh my gosh, someone got the mug and they posted it in the Facebook group, and it's so cute. Like a lot of the stuff I don't get to see in real life because, you know, I designed it on the website. It was so cute. Now I'm like, I gotta get that. I need it for my exhaust. <laughs> so thank you for that, and thank you for posting your pictures. And if you have merch, Please send me pictures or like post pictures and I'll share it in like my Instagram story or something because I just love it. It just is so cute. And it somehow like makes this podcast seem even more real that I could like walk down the street and be like, oh my God, that person's wearing a Babish sweatshirt. That's the coolest thing ever. So yeah, it is so wholly appreciated. Okay, so let's get into our potions. First up, love, of course, <laughs> the one everyone's been waiting for. So what I'm gonna do is I'm just going to read you these recipes that I have written out. Um, Some of these, okay, disclaimer time. Some of these are going to be edible or potable, so you can ingest them, some of them will not. I will obviously let you know which ones aren't. Also, you can use your common sense. And also for anything that I talk about that are flour ingredients, please make sure that you have food grade ones and aren't going to be like me and going out and plucking holly berries off your tree and be like, this looks delicious. Let's see what happens. So yes, make sure you're dealing with only food grade stuff. Obviously, if you have allergies to any of these ingredients, don't ingest it. We can work out another potion for you. Message me, we'll come up with something else, but please don't do any harm to yourself. Don't, you know, just use some common sense. If it's, you know, uh, uh, Belladonna. I mean, there's no potions with Belladonna that I've written. But if there is one and you know that it's poisonous, highly toxic and poisonous, do not ingest it. So some of these can be ingested. It's just literally going to be things that you can find in your home that I'm sure a lot of you already have. And you can get at the witch tour that are food grade quality. That is the important part. You know, whenever you watch those videos on like Tasty or BuzzFeed or whatever, and they're like, oh, how to make sushi at home. And they never say you need sushi grade fish They always are just like, here's a slab of salmon. (laughs) Like You get really sick if you don't know how to prepare that or have like sushi grade quality. So same thing. Just be careful out there. Don't ingest anything that isn't ingestible or is poisonous or is toxic. And you know, we're adults here, right? I mean, I think some of you are like under 18, but you're still smart. You know what to do. (laughs) Use your, if nothing else, use your intuition to be like, I probably shouldn't swallow that. Okay, so for our love potion. This one is kind of a catch-all love potion. I mean, you can definitely come up with your own variation that is more focused on, say, um, bringing love and more spice into a relationship that's already there, or attracting new love, or um, attracting a soulmate in particular, or making yourself, uh, you know, bringing lust into a situation. There, There are adjustments you can make to potions all the time, just like any spells, you know? But... For this one that I'm going to share, I kind of think of it as a catch-all. And what is the most important part, as with all magic, is the intention that you're going to put into it. So I would start this one with burning a red and a pink candle and just setting the intention for what I specifically want. So where I am right now, you know, I did my love come to me candle. I did my soulmate candle. So what I would set my intention for would be, again, that same question I keep going over in my head of. What is it that I'm looking for exactly? I don't know 100%, but what I do know is that I want love in my life. I want to be surrounded by love. I want the presence of love in my life. So uh, is that romantic love? I don't know. but (laughs) It is still love. And so that would be what I would be focusing on. If you're focusing on your partner, think about them. If you're focusing on being attractive and bringing love into your life and being the center of that and being a sex bomb and a dynamo and an Aphrodite, then focus on that. If you're focusing on, um, you know, going, you're going through a rough patch in your relationship, and you're trying to revive the love that was not once there, but that was just more vibrant at some time. Because you know how being a relationship is, it just you get comfortable, and it's not always going to be like the first three to six months. So yeah, the the candles for the love spell are important because I want you to make sure that that intention is being set, not just in the actual making and the pouring and the ingredients and the stirring it together and the rhythm of this this the spurring, what? The rhythm of the stirring and the chanting and, and, you know, whatever you want to put into it, but also lighting that candle to start it off because love is complex and versatile. And if you just kind of throw out a love spell, (laughs) sometimes you don't know what you're going to get. Remember my story? Okay. (laughs) So for this potion, again, you're going to burn a red or pink candle while making it to set the intention. You're going to have one cup of milk Uh, If you are lactose intolerant, obviously get a milk alternative. This is what I'm talking about. If you cannot stand milk, I was trying to think of an alternative that you can use. I have not quite come up with something yet. The closest I could maybe think would be if you melted down like a chocolate, because chocolate does kind of carry that same aphrodisiac-y vibe to it, and you kind of thinned it out with cream, perhaps, and used it like that. I know some people just can't stand the taste of milk. I get it. I only really like milk and cereal. But hopefully with all the other ingredients in here, it'll, like, jazz it up enough that you can drink it. So, yeah, we have one cup of milk, one tablespoon of honey, as we know, to sweeten things up. Going back to our honey jar from, like, a million episodes ago, it's always an important ingredient. One cinnamon stick, I have that in for spice, to spice things up. And also because it just brings... I don't know if I want to say luck, but it brings, yeah, luck. It brings luck, (laughs) you know? And I think being lucky in love is a good thing. Uh, Even if it's not specifically for love luck, I think a little lucky addition and a little spicing up of a love potion is definitely helpful. And then um, I would have, you have a teaspoon of edible lavender flower. If, uh, okay, so, all right, let me get back to that in a second. And then a teaspoon of edible rose petals, let me say this. <laughs> Technically, you can eat rose petals and rose hips, right? But I would still prefer that you get food grade, and I would still prefer that you use the actual flowers because I know there is some debate about this. I don't know if you should be ingesting essential oils, so I will not advise you to do it. I know some people say it's perfectly safe, I know some people say that there are food grade essential oils. I know that's a big thing in like certain communities that sell essential oils, but I've also heard from many people and read many articles and heard from many medical professionals that you should not be ingesting them. It's not okay. So if you want to swap it out with essential oil, well, for certain things you can use essences like an orange essence and a lemon essence, and those are food safe. But again, just check the food safety of what you're going to use, and I would go with the flowers, just go with the flowers if you can, because we know that that can be safe to ingest as opposed to oils, which may not be at all. Um, and then a teaspoon of rosemary. So actual like dried rosemary spice is fine. That's what I use. And then, so you mix it all together. Obviously you can heat it in your cauldron or heat it in a little pot if you'd like. And, um, you can take it cold too. It doesn't really make a difference. And, uh, you drink it. It's a potent potable. (laughs) They would say on Jeopardy. I think that's what that means. I hope that's what it means because I've always referred to it as that. And while drinking it, because you've like set the intention with the candle and you've set the attention, intention with the potion itself, when drinking it, I would focus on vis- visualization, which is something we haven't talked about really on this podcast very much, but it is a very important component of witchcraft. And so if you're drinking it, visualize the person that you want. And it can be the actual, you know, for me six months ago, it may have been Bill Skarsgård, But it doesn't have to be a specific person. It can be the idealized version of the person that you want. Picture the height, the hair color, the job, the ambition, the smile, the muscles, the package, you know, whatever it is that you want, or, you know, if it's a woman or if it's however someone chooses to identify and what you find yourself to be attracted, um, you know, visualize that. And it could be a specific person that you have, you know, the hots for. It can be this ideal that you want to attract to your life, or it could be you kissing that person and getting married to that person. Picturing, visualizing your um your honeymoon and growing old until ninety and hundred years old and the twelve kids you're gonna have, really while you're taking it in, you're bringing it into your system, work on that visualization because the intention has been set and now you want to you know visually manifest it. You want to the secret it a little bit. And also I would recommend if you enjoy figs, figs have always been a big thing for me. Um, my grandparents had a fig tree growing up. I've always been kind of obsessed with them. And in my family again, it's like a big the big Creole thing to make fig preserves, we do it every time they come ripe. Right. And so I would drink this potion down, this love potion, and then I would have it with figs um, and just eat them. Because figs really do represent like female sexuality in the womb. And Now that I'm saying it's a fertility, you have to get pregnant thing. But I'm saying that sexuality, that womanhood, even the shape of the fig is like very curvaceous and sensual and kind of sexual in its own way. So, yeah, I would have that potion with figs just to add a little more potency to it. You know, if you want to visualize just, like, some hot sex, then go for that, too. There's no limit. It's all about – okay, so the things I wouldn't visualize, uh, breaking up a couple, um, putting harm on anyone's girlfriend or boyfriend, uh, stomping an ex into the ground in favor of a new person coming in. You know, let's keep our intentions positive and light. Let's keep the love light. Let's keep our visualizations light. So not any of those, but yeah, if you want to visualize a hot night, getting it on with your dude or your girl or your guy or your whoever, yeah, then do that. You know, it's whatever you want it to be. We don't have to be so um, delicate around about it around here. (laughs) All right. So that is your love potion. On to beauty for your booty, your booty potion. I'm still thinking about the loved one. For your beauty potion, you will have one cup of orange juice. Um, I said a splash of carrot juice. I, I know sometimes people like to have like exact dimensions. I really am like a, a taste and see kind of person. Like I never follow recipes ever in my life. <laughs> but, uh, you know, sometimes people want exact, exact. So I would say a splash of carrot juice. If that is not enough, I would say like one fourth to one third a cup of carrot juice. One tablespoon of honey, again, because you want to sweeten up those looks. Uh, Two drops of vanilla. If you do any more, it's going to have an overwhelming alcohol taste. Well, not if you do, like, three or four. But if you, I don't know, just squirt a whole, you know, bottle in or, like, turn the whole thing over, which I do with vanilla sometimes because I really like vanilla, then you're like, oh, I'm drunk. Like, this is a little too much. So I say keep it cool at two drops because you don't want it to be overwhelming. You know, we still do also... We want it to taste good, but we also want to not be adding in, like, so much of one thing that we're not able to have the spell and the potion reach a balance as well. And it's, like, overloaded on one side, you know what I mean? And then things can go haywire from there. Um, so two drops of vanilla, one ground, one teaspoon of ground cardamom, again, to spice it up a little bit, to bring in some of that, like, flush cheeks and the pink and the frozenness and the youthful beauty. Um, a teaspoon of edible rose petals, because, again, that goes back to... Just the ideals of beauty. Now, of course, ideals of beauty have changed, and of course, they are overwhelmingly uh, in America influenced by one particular kind of Western white beauty, and that shouldn't be for everyone, but just it will, to me, invoke and create an ideal beauty for what you believe to be your ideal beauty, like how you want to look and what looks the best in your mind. Does that make sense? So, it's not necessarily society's idea of beauty or um, like Westernized American society's idea of beauty, but just your ide- idealized version of beauty. Like if I could wake up tomorrow and have really full, I mean, i look outside, but have like really full lips and, you know, just a mane of like glow, uh, golden flowing hair that I don't have to ever straighten again in my life. I'd be like, yes, ideal <laughs> realized I am here. And if I could just be like five foot six, because no men are taller than me you know but it's okay <laughs> can't change all that stuff but i can take this beauty potion to like awaken my inner beauty that will shine throughout as well um orange rinds orange carrot they play a lot of you know they're coming up a lot in this one and then for this one, I, so obviously it mixes it all together. This one I would not heat because warm carrot juice sounds like a nightmare, but I would take it cool at night, like before I'm going to bed or before I'm washing my face and putting on my eye gels and all those things. And I would take this one with pomegranate seeds because again, it's just this very, I'm trying to avoid using the word feminine because not everyone is feminine and not everyone wants to be feminine and identify with femininity in the female. And that's totally cool. But, uh, but if we're just thinking about these ideas of fertility, we are, like, our most attractive when we are, our, mer- our <laughs> when we are like, our most fertile. Like, the days that I look the best, I will text my friends to be like, y'all, I have to be ovulating because I look amazing today. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's like the day before your period, the first day of your period, you look like you've been dead for two days. So, yeah, like, it's kind of that notion of fertility supplies beauty. And just like roundness can be really beautiful. And there's something in roundness that doesn't necessarily have to be feminine, but it's something that looks, uh, what's the right word? Not whole, but like, looks like it's blossoming. Looks like it's full. Looks like it's fresh. It's new. It's ripe. It's a, like a ripeness, you know, and a fullness. So that's why I like the pomegranate for like, the seeds on the inside, but then like the shape on the outside and it's flush with like this beautiful red purpley color. It again, that color you kind of want to bring into your skin. Well not that deeply purple. But you know, just uh and also like the youth, like being beauty is too associated with youthfulness, if you ask me. And obviously as you age, we're still gorgeous creatures. But kind of that plumpness of beauty, you know, is something that we lose as we get older. It's just part of aging. And I think that that rounds thickness of a pomegranate also represents that plumpness that we may want in our lips and in our cheeks and in our boobs and in our ass and in our hips and and like wherever we might want you know big beautiful saucer size eyes and pomegranates are kind of that perfect big shape too that you know you can aspire to and and is your idealized beauty so I would say take it with some pomegranate seeds but if you don't even know how to open a pomegranate because it's like not that easy (laughs) then you can skip that part just like if you want to skip the figs, no problem. Okay, so I have two from money because I have one that you can drink and one that you, please don't drink it. <laughs> like, I don't think it's that bad, but because of, I just don't drink it. So yeah, I came up with two for that one because I wanted to have something you could actually ingest. So money potion for uh, that you can drink super easy. You are going to boil cinnamon sticks. You're going to make a tea. I started doing this when I was sick I cannot remember who suggested to it's actually two different people um shout yourself out if you did because it changed my life I <laughs> So this is how I did it I got you're only supposed to use I think like one cinnamon stick for like one cup of water but I was wilding out so I got four full fat cinnamon sticks and I put it in a pot on the stove I didn't make it in like um, a kettle <laughs> I'm pretty sure I filled it with two cups water, but the ratio was off. I was like going too hard. And what you're supposed to do is you're supposed to, oh shoot, let me remember. Oh, it's like you bring them to a rapid boil and then you turn it off. Like instead of where you have a, you know, like bring the water to a boil and you like let it boil out, you bring it up to a boil and then you turn it off and then you just let it steep and steep and steep and you cover up the, um, you put the lid on the saucer Oh, it's called a saucer, a saucepan. There we go. You put the lid on and I just let it sit for 45 minutes. I'm pretty sure it was like, oh, you know, 20 minutes and go get it. I was like, no, I want as much cinnamon <laughs> as possible. And the really good thing about it, besides the fact that it made me feel a lot better when I was so sick, is that it sweetens itself. Because, you know, we think of like cinnamon spice, but there really is like a sweetness, especially when you're using the actual stick. And it just tasted so good. So as we know, cinnamon is really good for luck. It's good for prosperity. It's good for drawing in money in particular. So for this one, boil your cinnamon sticks for 45 minutes and then add a tablespoon of honey. And the reason I have the honey in there too is because you just want to sweeten the way the money is coming to you. You gotta be careful with intention. You gotta be careful with what you're asking for and with with being specific, right? So we don't wanna get money because it's an inheritance and you know something bad happened to someone. We don't wanna get money because it turns out our business partner was running a Ponzi scheme and then they had to go away. So we got like all their assets. You know, it doesn't make anything crazy like that. You just would like a nice windfall of money to come your way. So, uh, yeah, I put in honey so we could just sweeten up the way the money is coming to you. And then a sprig of mint. I know cinnamon and mint sounds like it's going to be kind of a wild combination, but with the sweetness of the honey, I promise it works. <laughs> and the money uh, and the mint, again, is good for, put, in particular, drawing money to you. It is amazing for good luck. It is good for prosperity. Like all of those green stones we talk about, those green plants and herbs we talk about, that mint is going to bring money your way. So that is the one that you can actually ingest. So (laughs) this is the other one. Please do not ingest this one more time. So your money potion is going to be one cup of, oh, sorry, not a cup, that's way too much. Oh, half a cup of pine oil, okay? Then you are going to add ground ginger, ground cinnamon, basil leaves. This is up to you if you want to grind them down or if you want to add pure basil, no problem. And then you're going to add um, ground allspice. Then you are going to put this into a container. You know what's actually <laughs> really good for uh making like little uh potion jars and spell jars? If y'all ever get baby food for your kids or if you ever get those French yogurts at the store, oh my God, what brand is it? shoot, I can't remember, but it comes in a glass instead of plastic. And I like to, you know, buy glass anyway. Or if you have, some people just hold on to baby jars because they're good for like DIY projects. They are so good for putting potions in there that you're not actually going to ingest and for making like different money jars and protection jars and different kinds of spell jars. And, um, uh, what's the word? Like mixtures you're going to use for rituals and things like that. So (laughs) rituals, I'm automatically saying that now. So yeah, uh, pine oil, ground ginger, ground cinnamon, basil leaves, allspice, And then in that mixture, you're going to add five copper pennies. So you want to try to have old pennies that are actually made of copper because new pennies are copper plated and you want that copper to have the conductivity of what you are going to be using it for, which is attracting money and prosperity and abundance, right? So if you can add five copper pennies to that mixture, and I would put it out into your next full moon when it is right for manifesting and let it soak up in all of that goodness and what you're going to do with this is again not ingest it. Oh, and also if you have um I've talked about this how I have gold flakes on my altar. If you have gold flakes, you can add that in or if you have like a gold ring. I mean, you might not want to mess up your gold jewelry, which is totally understandable. <laughs> but like my mom has my great grandmother and my great grandfather's gold rings and so if she was so inclined to let me borrow them, I may I might use one of theirs. You know, obviously you're not going to keep it in there forever, but It's, again, like the potency of the copper, the potency of the gold is conductive and it attracts that to you. So it's like literally money being attracted to you or literally like gold and those kind of precious metals being attracted to you. So yeah, I would add that in if you can't find five old pennies. (laughs) I don't know know how hard pennies are to find nowadays. Uh, I don't ever use cash. But yeah, so instead of ingesting this, obviously... You would use it to sprinkle over anything that you're working with. Like the kind of the way I kind of think of it is like you would make it rain with this mixture, (laughs) you know? So if you're writing out your manifestations for 2020 and they are very financially based, then I would just sprinkle it over my paper. If you're lighting a specific, um, green candle for prosperity or for a quick money candle, even I would sprinkle it over my candle. If you're making a money floor wash, I would sprinkle it into the water. And that's what I would use to clean my floor. So it's just a good mixture to have on hand, a good potion. I'm using potion for this one because it is oil based. So it is so liquid (laughs) technically to me, potions are things that you ingest. Um, but yeah, it's a good mixture, a good, (coughs) excuse me, a good potion to have on hand because you can kind of sprinkle it wherever you need just a little bit more of a magic applied to any situation that might be financial. So yeah, you have your one you can drink and you have one that you can just use in your magic rituals and your spell work. And then uh, we have our milk bath. So again, this isn't technically a potion because you're not drinking it. But, you know, all we ever do is talk about baths in this podcast. I think we bring it up like once an episode and we're always talking about it in the Facebook group and I love taking baths. I would take them 12 times a day if I could. And I've always loved the idea of a milk bath because there is something so soothing and something so rejuvenating and something so peaceful about it. Even when you're just sitting in like milk bath water and you have your flowers floating around and you have, you know, your herbs in there and your oils like you got, to, it just looks like beautiful. <laughs> it just looks amazing. So let me tell you how you can DIY your own witchy milk bath. Spoiler alert, you are not going to put actual milk into it, as in pouring it like from the gallon, because that would be disgusting. And it can in any way be good for your privates to be <laughs> <in> milk. <laughs> it just can't. And the smell would, ju- oh my gosh, I can't even think about it. Okay. So this is how you're going to make a milk bath. Also for the milk bath, I think of this as going hand in hand with the beauty potion because there really is something, like I said, something like really rejuvenative and something that feels beauty oriented with taking a milk bath. Like all of your stress gets to melt away and then the light and the brightness just comes back to your face because you can smile because you're not so stressed out, you know? So yeah, I would put this in the beauty potion category, even though technically this is another thing we're not going to be ingesting. So for your milk bath, this is how you make it. Two cups of powdered milk. Powdered milk is the key. <laughs> Do not pour in actual milk. Do not rent a cow and try to get your own, nat- like, I know it sounds very witchy to get your natural milk and like uh, squeeze it out yourself, but powdered milk. And then you're gonna have half a cup of baking soda and half a cup of cornstarch. You're going to mix that all together so it's nice and mishmash, which is that word I made up that I still, I'm not sure if it's a word or not. And that is what you're going to add into your water. And then from there, I will definitely, I would say always have sea salt because it is healing for the body, but it's also protecting for the bath that you're in, in that state. You know, because when you're in the tub, you are vulnerable. I mean, you are naked and you're in the water. And it's really this connection with water and earth in that time and being your most vulnerable self. So yeah, sea salt for protection, but also it's going to draw impurities out. You're going to start sweating. It's going to feel so good. It's going to work on your aches and your pains. Um, and from there, I would really add any herbs, flowers, and oils that you are particular to, or that you feel called to use, or that are the focus of what you're doing right then. So again, for me, I really like lavender flower. I really like rose petals. These don't have to be a food grade because again, we're not eating anything in the tub. <laughs> we're not just making a big batch of like potion soup. That is so gross. Sorry I said that. But yeah. Um, uh, and if I'm focusing on love, I would do my lavender flower, my love petals, my love petals, my rose petals. I would not add honey in. I just don't, see that going well. <laughs> Maybe you can have a, a spoonful of honey while you're in there or something. Um, but I would also add in um, ginger because ginger to me is, has like a strong lust and like sexual association. And in fact, one time I was taking a detox bath that was not a milk bath, but um, I added a bunch of ginger to it and ginger really like stimulates your blood flow. And I sweat so much in that bathtub. And I really overdid it because when I got out, I had like an intense headache for like 16 hours. Honestly, I probably should have gone to the doctor because you're not supposed to have headaches like that for that long. It was the worst pain I've ever been in. Um, But yeah, so I got (laughs) a crazy ginger in my detox bath. Be very careful if you're going to use ginger, but you know, with those love, um, those like love focus potions and, you know, working with a, a love milk bath, if you will. It is good to add a little spice in there somewhere. So cinnamon stick or cardamom or anise flower, anything like that. Also, um, you can actually steep your own tea and then add it into the bath. A lot of people do this with chamomile, which is so relaxing. And it smells so good. <laughs> it smells really, really good. Um, so you can steep a up cardam- oh, sorry, a chamomile tea. You could do a mint tea, you know, if you want to. <laughs> mint tea. You can do a mint tea, a peppermint tea, uh You can add in eucalyptus oil if you don't want to go the tea root. You can do, I I always like to do a lemongrass oil. Okay, oh, speaking of oil, so like don't necessarily ingest them. But also if you are adding essential oils to your bath, be incredibly careful because it makes it very, very slick in the tub. And if you don't have any like sticker daisies on the bottom to keep you from slipping and sliding all over the place, just make sure you're so careful getting out. Because one time I loaded up my tub with rosemary and lavender oil, and when I got out my foot slipped and I landed on the side of the tub on my rib cage. And let me tell you something that hurt. <laughs> like that was, that was something. Now I'm having a lot of uh, bath related injuries. I'm noticing maybe I should chill out on all the bathtub. Never. But yeah, be really careful with the oils because it will, it will make the bathtub very slick. But yeah, I love a lemongrass oil. Um, I love a patchouli oil. Again, if you're going for like a love blend, because patchouli attracts all kinds of stuff your way. Um, oh, that's another thing about cinnamon. Um, cinnamon is very uh, um, associated with, like, attracting male sexual desire. And patchouli is really central on, like, um, female sexual desire. So, you know, maybe put them in the same tub. See what pops up. Um, but, yeah, oils, herbs, flowers. Just the, the basis is just going to be that milk, that baking soda, and that cornstarch. Um, you can brew a pot of tea and add it, like I said. I'm trying to think if there's anything house for the milk bath, really, it's up to you. you know, there's no specific milk bath. Oh, and of course, burn your candles while you're in there. That's a great place to visualize because it's like the one chunk of time a lot of us have where it's totally quiet if we're not listening to a podcast or anything. And you can really sit and focus on what you want and visualize it again in your head and set those intentions and speak out loud because who's gonna hear you're in the bathroom? It's private time, right? And also, as always, you are going to align your bathtub with your crystals for whatever you're focusing on. So if it's healing, if it's love, if it's, if it's if it's abundance, if it's protection, um, you know, whatever. If even it's just meditation and you just want to put like amethyst and clear quartz to help you with your healing and your focus so you can meditate in the tub. Just line them up on the side. (laughs) I think one time someone thought I meant line them up like in the bottom of the tub. And then obviously that would like not feel well. If they're smooth, like tumble crystals, it would feel good. It's kind of like when you're walking on like smooth, hot rocks or getting like a hot stone massage. But yeah, if they're like (laughs) sharp, pointy crystals, don't do that. Also, it would make your tub really slippery again. I don't want anyone to get hurt. So when I say line your bathtub, I mean line the edge of your tub with (laughs) it. Sorry, I think I should have specified that way before. Please, again, do be very careful. Do not injure yourselves. I don't want any witches in the hospital or anything. So yeah, your milk bath is not ingestible, but I think it's another great beauty love potion, but also a place where you can make, it, it can be a, another catch-all potion. You can make anything happen with whatever you put into it, whatever correspondence there is in the materials that you choose, the ingredients that you choose to include, and whatever you're visualizing and whatever your intention is. So, you know, really self-care yourself with a milk bath. Oh, I'm gonna take one tonight, maybe. If I have powdered milk, which I'm not sure if I've already used all of it, but one way or another, I will be doing it because it's gonna be part of our homework anyway. So you have to do it too. <laughs> Well, it doesn't particularly have to be a milk bath, but you know, something potion-y obviously is going to be your homework this week. Okay, so last but not least, I wanted to give you all a recipe for um Florida water. So this is from the website moodymoons.com. I'm actually just going to read you, I'll I'll post the link as well, but I'm going to read you... um the recipe printed here because I honestly have never made Florida water. It's just something I thought would be good to include in this episode. And now that I know how I'm going to do it. So again, it's moodymoons.com. So, um, should I, let me just read the whole thing because it's not that long. And for some of you that are like, what the hell is Florida water? I have, I can tell you. So, she starts with, wait, what's Florida water? Florida water is a traditional American cologne water recipe adopted by Southern practitioners of the hoodoo and voodoo tradition to cleanse the homes and use in ritual. You can put it in a spray bottle as a spiritual disinfectant, anoint doors and windows with it, use it in place of holy water or pour it into a bowl and place it in the altar for offering. There are dozens, maybe hundreds of recipes for Florida water. Very true. This is the one I just went with because it seems easy and accessible. Um, so yeah, I have Florida water spray that I got from my friend's spiritual store and I use it the same way I would use um, anything that I'm smudging with. I spray the corners of my room. I spray any hot spots I feel like are harboring some negative energy. I spray my candle if I've been, my candle. <laughs> you can spray your candle. Well, I don't know if that's true because I don't want, because it's like alcohol based. I don't want you to put anything up in flames. Actually, don't do that. But um, I spray my pillow. Is what I meant to say. If I'm having night terrors or bad dreams in that time period, I will do that. Um, I will use it actually once she gave me like a mini travel size that you're supposed to spray like on airplanes, but I would think I would need to do it on like the outside of the plane. I don't want anyone to be like, girl, what are you doing to that plane? <laughs> and also, I'm really wary of like spraying fragrance things in small spaces because I'm allergic to perfume. So I, I, pre- I don't appreciate when people do it, so I wouldn't do it, you know, but yeah, it's a protector and it's a cleanser. So This is um, her recipe. Rather than give you a straight up recipe, I'll show you how to customize it according to what you have on hand. Despite the name, it is not a water-based potion. Color me surprised. (laughs) I did not know that. So, I mean, I did not know that when I I found this uh, recipe. Uh, So most people use vodka to steep the herbs and flowers. I recommend the cheap stuff as cheap as you can get bottom shelf. I've tried top shelf vodka, vodka to make this and it's just a waste of top shelf vodka. In my opinion, it doesn't, it really doesn't make much difference to the final result. I feel like that's true. It's again about the intention and the magic and not always about the tools and the ingredients. And it has to be like top of the line, top shelf, the most expensive, like, no, it's your magic. These are just your tools that you're using to put your magic forth. So Choose at least two items from each group. Aromatic greens, four parts fresh mint, four parts fresh basil, four parts fresh rosemary. So again, you're going to choose two out of those three. Florals, three parts rose petals, fresh, three parts jasmine, dried or fresh, three parts lavender, dried. So two from those three. Citrus, two parts lemon peel, two parts orange peel, two parts lime peel, two of those three. Spice. One part allspice berries, one part cinnamon sticks, one part cloves. Again, two from that group. Put the vodka on low heat, add the dry ingredients and allow them to simmer for five to 10 minutes. Add the remaining ingredients. Simmer on low for an additional 40 minutes. And there you have it, blessed be. So that is how she ends up. Dude, is her name on here? Okay, I've been clicking all around. I went to her about section. All I can see is Moody Moon. So maybe that's you know her alias that she's under, or her witch name. But yeah, so that is her recipe for Florida water. I thought it sounded lovely. It sounds easy to do, not too overwhelming. You probably have most of that stuff in your home already. So it's a good place to start. And all, and you know, you can improvise from there, make adjustments as always. There's no 100% you have to make Florida water this way. And in fact, because Florida water is something that is so steeped in like culture and in families and in certain traditions, if you do have a Florida water recipe, please feel free to share it. I would love to try yours out and spray down my entire house with. <laughs> and in fact, if you have any other potions that you would like to share that really work well for you, please share them. I'd love to uh, see what you do and how yours differ from mine. In fact, you know, for a lot of beauty potions, I've always seen and heard that people include egg yolks in them because the egg yolk represents fertility, but um I don't do that. I don't like eggs anyway and I am a big believer that you can get salmonella very easily if you're ingesting raw eggs. So I did not want to give you all that because it's not... I mean, the old, you would have to cook the egg for it to be safe to eat, but like a cooked egg and an orange it just, it's not palatable to me. <laughs> so, but maybe you, that's the one you use and you have her and you're like, no girl, I've done it. It's cool. But I didn't want to give that to y'all because I don't feel like it's safe and I don't do that myself. So I wouldn't give you anything I don't do for myself. Um, but yeah, I'd love to see your potions and I'd love to see your Florida water recipes. If you have them, please share them and, you know, post them in the group. But of course, your homework this week is to make a potion. If it's a milk bath, cool. If it's a love potion, if it's a beauty, if it's prosperity, if it's the cinnamon tea, whatever it is, whatever you felt called to you, whatever makes sense for your life right now, I would love for you to make it. And I would love for you to show me if you make it, you know, I'll make a thread in the Facebook group and we can all show up our potions there and feel all the magical good vibes and encourage each other. And you know, if I I feel like the post, if I do like a thread, it's a good accountability thing where I make sure I do it as well. <laughs> so it's not just pressure. It's not pressure for y'all, but it's like, if I do it, then maybe everyone will do it. So yeah, I'm definitely gonna get a potion together for myself. And that is your homework this week is to make a potion and report back with pictures and results because I'd love to see it. Also, um, if you did watch McFa... Ding. Uh, if you did watch the Scottish play last week, I know a couple of you did because you posted. I am so proud of you. Don't worry, you get bonus points. No term paper necessary. <laughs> All right, so let's do our crystal of the week, and then we are going to wrap it up. So this week, our crystal is going to be our snow quartz. I wanted something that would fit in with our winter solstice and with yule and it finally getting really cold outside, at least where I am. I know the snow is on its way, but it hasn't made it here already. So yeah, the snow quartz, it is a beautiful white stone. I wanted something that was kind of like that winter white, something that may be like a little even icicle-y, which is what I always think of when I think of like a pure untumbled quartz. So yeah, our snow quartz, and let's talk about it. So it symbolizes clarity. I think that's why I keep hearing those bells ringing in my ear that the snow quartz is also aligning with that. So it symbolizes clarity and um, innocence and, you know, purification and renewal and all those things that we associate with white. Uh, it's definitely aligned with your crown chakra. So it's something that will heighten your intuition. It will heighten your metaphysical abilities. It'll heighten what you see and perceive and Premonition and precognition, and all of that stuff. Like, it's you're going to notice that you are receiving messages on a different level if you're working with it, and that you're seeing things with more clarity. Messages are coming through more clearly, of course. It helps with dispelling negative thoughts and negative perceptions. It can really shine like a positive, white, bright light onto things. So you're seeing things a little more positively, and maybe you can find more clear solutions to any. Negative instances you find yourself dealing with it's a great stone for meditation because it does connect with that crown chakra and it opens everything up for you Um, it's really good for what else? Oh, it like helps you tap in into your own inner wisdom more, your own knowledge, your own strength, just to really listen to yourself and trust in yourself more and see what's there, not just from this lifetime, but lifetimes that have already passed and what you've already gleaned and learned. So you don't have to keep repeating the same mistakes and patterns. Um, It is also aligned with like our immune system. So if you are just, you know, down in this colder weather and we're dealing with these viruses and bugs that are going around, it's something that I can keep close to you that, you know, will not be the thing that restores you back to perfect health, but you know, it never helps have your crystals with you. So yeah, it's just this really beautiful stone. It puts you at a high vibration. It puts you at like a higher intensity just in your magic and your craft and it's snowy white. So that's why I wanted to do it for this week. All right, my beloveds, I think that is everything. So you have your homework, please do at least one potion. And it really is a part of self-care and like, treat yourself and we're trying to treat everyone else during the holidays. So do not forget to take care of yourselves and you know, do something that adds a little beauty or a little love or take a nice luscious milk bath and all that smell good in there and just take care of yourselves and feel good. And self-care is so important, especially during the holidays, which are stressful. Well, not necessarily, but can be stressful and can have associated traumas and you know, The holidays are not easy for anyone, I think, but there are definitely people that it is particularly hard for. So let's make sure that we're taking care of ourselves. Um, Speaking of the holidays, so I was going back and forth about whether to put out an episode next week, and I was kind of leaning more on the side of, yes, until I saw the calendar. (laughs) I realized that Christmas is on a Wednesday. So I think what we're going to do is we're going to take Christmas week off, and then we'll be back. We will be... Well, we will, you, I, the whole coven, will be back the following Wednesday, which has to be New Year's Eve, right? Because aren't they seven days apart? It's either New Year's Eve or New Year's Day. But regardless, we're going to kick off this new year with some bad witch So yeah, we're going to take off Christmas because it's Wednesday and who's going to listen? We're all going to be busy. Well, not all of us because not everyone's, you know, Christian. It's like being Christmas. But we all just have holiday related shit to deal with, <laughs> you know, no matter what you practice or don't practice or believe or don't believe whether it's a work event or you're going on vacation because it's the holidays and like, let's get the hell out of town. Who cares about a Christmas tree and ornaments? Trust me. I wish that's what I was doing. Um, yeah, you know, it's just, it's, it's literally Christmas day. So, you know, let's get out on Bad Witch next week and then we'll come back with a whole fresh new episode and a fresh new year and a fresh new outlook and a fresh new craft and a fresh new everything. So I'm really excited to get back. Um, So yeah, happy Yule, happy winter solstice, happy holidays, happy whatever you celebrate or don't celebrate. I'm just happy that you're here, and I love you all so much. Um, Teespring, uh, if you want to get merch, badwitch.com. Nope. (laughs) Always do that. Patreon.com slash badwitch. If you want to sign up, wow, sign up for Patreon, thebadwitchpodcast at gmail.com. I'm about 50 emails uh, in the hole right now, but I am working on it. I promise. And uh, oh, if you want to join the Facebook group, the answer is The craft. If for whatever reason you cannot remember the crap, just let me know something. (laughs) Let me know that you know my name. Let me know what we talked about in this episode. Name the crystal of the week. Just anything so I know that you listen and that it's safe for you to come and join all of the wonderful baddies in our group. We're almost at 800 members, which I, I... Okay. I don't even know what to do with that. That's just so crazy. We're ending the year just in such a crazy place. And I... Never thought any of this would happen. So anyway, again, happy winter solstice. Happy Yule. I love you all so much. Please be safe whatever you're practicing. Be safe with your fires because I know right now between candle magic and just trying to stay warm, they are abundant. Uh, be safe with your potions. Don't ingest anything that doesn't work for you. But enjoy yourselves and take care of yourselves and self-care the hell of yourselves because you all deserve it and we all deserve good. And um, I will talk to you right in time for 2020. All right. Blessed be my loves. And until next time, goodbye.